Hello and welcome to Smart TV with me, your long lost friend, Kellyanne. And of course... Who? <laughs> it didn't take long, did it? <laughs> no. And of course we have the wonderful Caroline Frost. Hello. We're back in the studio. Back together. The band's back. Oh, the band is back. Oh, how she's missed me. I have. Although we do have to shout out to David Brown for stepping in. The remarkable. In. Yes. He it, is... Irreplaceable, I thought. <laughs> Let's get him back in the room. Um, We have coming up for you some brilliant dramas, some things that I've been watching whilst I'm off, which I think makes them even more strong of a recommendation, even stronger of a recommendation. How? Because I'm off the clock. Ah. So if I'm watching it and I really, really enjoy it, then... That gives it some more kudos, some I think. Juge. Some juice. Okay. We also have some documentaries and a very, very good film, although Caroline perhaps doesn't agree. Well, I will wait to hear. Right, kick us off. Okay. What's the first drama? Right, so this is The Long Shadow. Starts on Monday, ITV1, 9pm. They're calling it the definitive account, and I think it warrants that, of the investigation into the hunt for Peter Sutcliffe who caused such fear and anxiety among the women of Northern England in the 70s and very early 80s until he was finally caught. You will know him as the Yorkshire Ripper. However, they've made it very clear in this production that they don't want that term bandied about because it gives him a glamour, it gives him an infamy. And they are very keen to move the focus away from why did he do what he did Mm -hmm. to the victims, their families and the tireless efforts of the police who were employed, who would go out on Christmas Day, leave their Christmas lunch to continue the investigation. I mean, they did get wrapped over the knuckles at the time for all sorts of mistakes, and those aren't tucked away in this drama. But I urge you to watch it just because of the first-rate writing. It's compassionate. It's incredibly deep and probing into why it took so long to to find out who was responsible for these crimes, but also the families involved who live with the the aftermath to this day. So the definitive account, as I say, it's been billed thus, and I think it warrants that tag. Okay, that sounds like a difficult watch, but hmm. a necessary one. And and what do you think sets it apart from other retellings of this story? And do you think that we can never be too close to the story. Do you think that, you know, when, when productions say something like this, mm. they don't want to glorify it or they don't want to bring attention to him, for example, because they lots of newsreaders have said this, you know, we've seen it with kind of reporting on gun crime and things like that, where people say that they don't want to create a t- sort of celebrity around the perpetrator. Mm. How do you think that it's possible to kind of retell these stories without doing it? Is it just he's, through that process? He's barely in it. Really? Okay. Mm. That's. I think that's the the change that has okay. come about in recent years because mm. these stories have all been told before. Yes. And first-rate performances as well. Very, a, a cracking script from George Mackay and first-rate performances across the board, including Catherine Kelly, who people will know from perhaps Coronation Street, and Daniel Mays as her husband. And it really explains why women, some, I mean... Some of these women were pilloried as sex workers and therefore there was almost the implication, well, what do you expect? They live in a dangerous world. Mm -hmm. And this drama pulls us away from that and makes you realise that they are women with families. Nobody was going out onto the streets of Leeds and the environment for a laugh. Yeah. Know, so um, there's there's a lot to to dig into. Perhaps we'll go back to it once the series has started. And it might be nice for 
listeners as well to write in with their thoughts mm. about it if they've seen it what they think sets it apart um and also yeah how they how they have found it as a mm. as a piece of good television good telly what have you got for us so this is a foreign drama and it's not that dissimilar from what you're describing in Long Shadow. Uh, it's called Delhi Crime and it's on Netflix. And I'm going to talk about series one. As soon as I pressed play on this, I just came across it randomly in the Netflix world of chaos uh, and thought I would choose it. The opening credits say it was a crime committed in Delhi that caught the attention of the entire world. Real life. Real life. Okay. And instantly, I knew what they were talking about. This is the story following the horrific crime committed against a young woman and her boyfriend on a moving bus. And there were six perpetrators and she was gang raped. And this story follows not only the crime, although, again, they do it incredibly sensitively. It's not in any way gratuitous. They follow the police procedure in capturing these six men. And we've seen recently lots of shows headed up by strong women. And the lead in this is called Vartika, and she's this incredible, very stern, strict woman who pulls together lots of elements of the police force that are failing or not working usually to make sure that this case does not have anything that could fault it. It's an incredibly difficult watch, but one that I think is necessary and one that showed me, opened my eyes to a lot more than just the headlines that mm -hmm. I saw at the time. Subtitles? It switches between English and Hindi, right. um, which is also really interesting yes. because that shows us a lot about Delhi and, and the world that they live in. But yes, there are subtitles for the parts, but it's very um, consuming watching. I was going to say easy, but it's not easy. It's just, you'll find yourself sucked in. Great and stuff. Horrified at the same time. Of so course. that is Delhi Crime on Netflix. It's all quite dark, isn't it? it? Is. We'll get to some, some happy stuff in a minute, but I do have one more drama to tell you about, which is Black Snow begins on Saturday night with a double bill in the 9pm foreign drama slot on BBC4. Do you remember when it was full of Scandi Noir? It was always the bridge and the killing. Well, we're going off to northern Queensland in Australia for this one. I mean, I wrote a column recently on the wealth of great TV to be coming from Australia. And this is no exception. This is right up there. This is pedigree drama. It's won lots of awards in its native Australia. And now it's coming this way. And it is a policeman tasked with investigating a crime. And what happened is that a letter is discovered inside a time capsule that was buried by a bunch of school pals back in the early 90s. And this letter, one of the girls, explains why she's going to be killed. And we take it from there. Um, I don't want to give too much away. It's quite complicated because of that jump in time. But I think you will be fully engrossed. And performances, again, across the board. The scenery is special. And right at the centre, the policeman, I do have a soft spot. It's Travis Fimmel. Now, people will know him from the lead role in Vikings. However... Oh. Uh, we have a past. No, we don't. Um, what happened was I used to know his cousin when I lived in Australia. Travis is the original Calvin Klein model on the billboards in Times Square on whom Smith in your favourite Sex and the City was based. He's come a long way. He's now playing policeman in his native Australia. He's gone back home. 
I never got the impression that Travis was that bothered about being an actor. He always talked about going back to see his parents on the farm. However, uh, he clearly cannot be kept away because he's so good. So turn up for Travis, stay for the story. Black Snow. My goodness, Caroline, did you get me hook, line and sinker? Yes, you absolutely did. Well, there we go. (laughs) We said we would bring it on to lighter stuff, so bear with us. In the meantime, we have two documentaries to tell you about. We've got Inside the World's Toughest Prisons, which is on Netflix, returning for its seventh season. It's available now. It is hosted by Raphael Rowe, who is a British journalist who served 12 years in prison for a crime he was eventually acquitted of. And the premise of this program is each episode, he visits a different prison in a different part of the world. This series, we have him in Finland, Czech Republic, Indonesia, and the Solomon Islands. And he spends time in the prisons and you see the inner workings. I don't think you need more of a cell. You're either going to enjoy Mm -hmm. it or you're not. Uh, But it is one that I think is fascinating and it is so interesting to see how justice is carried out in different parts of the world. And what's your documentary, Caroline? I have Who Killed Jill Dando, which is very local to hear, of course. She lived in Fulham. She was the BBC's golden girl. And back in the 1990s, uh, she came to an untimely, shocking end. Anybody who was around watching the news headlines that day will remember it. And what this story does is, my goodness, I can't believe it's over 20 years ago now. It explores exactly why we had the huge miscarriage of justice, which meant that Barry Bolsara ended up behind prison doors and then was eventually released and why they haven't still, to this day, nailed anybody for one of the most high-profile crimes this country has ever experienced. So, I mean, the footage is very moving because it just reminds you once again of just how glorious she was. She was a newsreader, a travel presenter. She was one of the BBC's most shining, shining lights. And the idea that her life could just evaporate in a very strange midweek afternoon, and we still don't know why, is freshly shocking, I think. Mm. But uh, worth, worth a watch. Her brother is in it. He's given his support to this, and he hopes that through bringing things up to the surface again, even after all this time, some revelation may occur and the mystery might be put to bed. My goodness. Mm. That sounds very difficult. So that is... That's Who Killed Jill Dando, and it starts on Netflix on Tuesday. So my film of the week is Woman King. Uh, It's available to watch on now. I thought it was a remarkable film. The lead is Viola Davis, who I think is a generational talent. I don't think that I'm alone in thinking that. Uh, And she plays the head of an all-female warrior unit that protected the West African kingdom of Dahomey. It's based on a true story. Um... What I loved about this film was that it rips up the rule book of what a female action lead has to be, how they have to look, how they have to act, uh, completely subverts it. And what we're left with is an inspiring, brilliant watch that I think tells us a lot about a moment in history that will have been lost to Mm. many of us. I didn't even realise it was a true story. Yes, based on a, a real tribe of women who are fierce, wonderful and incredibly terrifying, played brilliantly by Viola Davis, who seems to be a chameleon of an actress. Whatever she turns her hand to, she does absolutely brilliantly. So that is Woman King on Now. Caroline, 
Tell me about your hectic week last week. <laughs> what? You mean while you were busy swimming with the dolphins in Sri Lanka? Let's see. Oh, what was I doing? I was pretty much relaxing like Jacob Rees-Mogg on a parliament bench, frankly. I was um, putting together the features for this week's collector's issue of the Radio Times 100th birthday. And I do urge you... Even if you haven't bought a Radio Times for the last few years and you consult the app and the website, please do go out. There's so much good stuff because we look back at the last 100 years. There's a cover for every decade. People like Sebastian Coe talking about the Olympics, David Dimbleby talking about the election, Simon Sharma talking about the entire century of which the Radio Times has been such a central part in so many people's lives. It's all there and I do urge you to to go to your shop, even if you just buy this once, obviously plus the Christmas double issue and all other listings um, and you will find plenty of treasures one of the articles uh, I don't know why I came up with this was to ask all of the great and good of the TV industry for their four top TV shows of the last century and then we put together the best hundred shows ever made I mean, it's up for controversy. It's up for discussion. It's up for disagreement. Already, I've had people emailing me saying, fame, question mark, question mark, question mark. (laughs) One of our writers, I mean, I commissioned the man and he wrote in saying, afterlife, I might have to write in. So (laughs) I think we can expect a little bit of correspondence in the old letters page. But it was really fun and very revealing as well. I mean, two people fought over Brideshead Revisited like it was a tug of war. I mean, this is this is the made up list, people. It doesn't matter that they weren't having it. I want Brideshead Revisited. No, I do. I've given you Tinker Taylor. (laughs) All right. Settle it in the pub, chaps. But yes, really good fun. And you have 100 shows there summing up the century. What's your favourite from that list, Carol? Oh, well, goodness me, so difficult. I'll just tell you the four. I'll rattle off the four that I chose. I had Fame, I had The West Wing, I had Endeavour, and I had Afterlife. From those four, I would pick probably, oh, it's a horse's nose, probably The West Wing because of the writing. Thank you, Erin Sorkin. You changed my life. Okay, well... Please do write in and let us know what would make your top 100 Mm. list. You can catch us on podcast at radiotimes.com. Please say fame. (laughs) Yes, and don't argue against it. That's all from us this week. We promise next week we'll bring some more lightness. Okay. We can hear that's what you're crying for. So let's let's bring that to our audience. Until next week. Happy happy viewing. viewing!